So I'm speaking with the uh, fantastic Eisler, who has been uh, busy scoring two hit television shows, <laughs> Revenge and Shameless. Uh, Eisler has scored many films as well, including personal favorites of mine, uh, On the Ice and Natural Selection. Uh, thanks so much for uh, talking to me today. Great to chat again. Good to talk to you again, mate. How are you? Good, good. Uh, so you had a rather big night uh, at the BMI Awards last week. Yeah. <laughs> How was that experience celebrating you know, successful music with your fellow composers and, of course, uh, being honored yourself? Well, it's great. You know, I mean, it's always pretty amazing to be in a room full of people that you admire like that. And, and you're, you know, never hurts when you're in a room with uh, John Williams. It <laughs> doesn't matter what you're doing, really, whether it's, you know, getting an award or stalking him. Right. Uh, either are good. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it was just loads of fun, you know, and it, and it was... It was. I was rather shocked to be the first award up as well. So I had no right. time to get nervous about it. I was just, you know, out of, off my table. I had to stop eating my chicken in the process. <laughs> you couldn't get enough. Um, no drinks. Not enough drinks before you got up there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, yeah, it was a great night, man. It's it's always it's always really fun the BMI awards because I feel like it's the one time that we all get out of our caves for more than yeah. five minutes, right? Um, and uh, and go out and consequently. You know, at the end, all you see is a room full of absolutely hammered, obliterated <laughs> composers because they don't drink the rest of the year. You know, right. all they do is work. Um, so and, yeah, it's always always good value for money that <laughs> night. Uh, now, I asked you this on our red carpet interview uh, that mm -hmm. night, but I wanted to kind of explore it a little bit further. You know, Shameless and Revenge are, are two completely different shows. Uh, one is premium cable. The other is mm -hmm. a network broadcast. And those two venues exhibit media differently so sure. does working with commercial breaks and that kind of structure differ your approach versus a show that airs as one continuous block uh -huh. how does that the spotting sessions do they differ like how does that kind of work yeah i mean it's different the principle's different but also you know the the two sets of people that i work with are very different they're very different shows they're very different approaches to music you know shameless isn't wall-to-wall -wall music right, the right. way that um the way that Revenge is. Revenge is more like scoring a movie. Mm -hmm. um, not that movies should be wall-to-wall -wall music, but there's just a lot of music. And and also, you know, network shows tend to like more music than cable mm -hmm. shows do. Um, I know that's a bit of a generalization, but it, it tends to hold true a lot of the time. I, I sense that, too. Even with like Game of Thrones and big shows like that, there's very yeah. less music. Yeah, exactly. Um, and with with Shameless... Now, first of all, the music couldn't be more different. I mean, Shameless right. is, you know, a rock band and Revenge is a 50-piece orchestra. Right. So it really couldn't be more different. Um, and, and the commercial breaks do make a bit of a difference because, you know, especially on a show like Revenge where you have to be very dramatic and very, very sort of hard-hitting, you have to do these big act-outs. Right. Uh, it was funny because one of the writers... One of the writers on Revenge paid me a lovely compliment once. He said, um, "said you know, you can make an act out of anything. We could just have a close-up of a burrito for 10 seconds, and you just go, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, commercial, you know, and it will work. So, so uh, you know, there's there's much more of that right, in right. Revenge. And, and the, well, there's none of that in, in Shameless. Shameless is just a completely different approach to scoring. I mean, they also, the, the guys that do Shameless, never wanted it to feel like a, a film school. Right. They they wanted it to feel fun and irreverent and um not like a film school. Not like it's scored to picture. But ironically the time that I do score that show, mm -hmm. which isn't every episode, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the time they just have needle drops. Mm -hmm. When when I get called in, it's exactly because they need 
underscore because the scene's too long or whatever to have just a song playing in the background. Right, right. So inevitably, I end up. It's like scoring a scoring a movie with a rock band, basically, where mm -hmm. you have to take twists and turns, but you can't be too obvious about it, and you can't um, you can't be too overtly score ish. Right. It has to sound like a band. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. Which is a fun challenge, actually. And it, I mean, it's good to have those two different sides of of the coin, you know, so you can go from big orchestra and more intimate, smaller kind of scoring like that. So yeah, it's great fun to do them both. And you know, now I'm just kind of. Uh, I really look forward to finding the right score where I can really combine the two. Right. Uh, God knows what that would be, but um, <laughs> and I've done you know I've done lots of sort of hybrid things like that before movies mm -hmm. where you know or actually Natural Selection was a little like that. You yeah, know, there it was, was. Yeah, yeah. There was there was a bit of both going on there. There was, it, there was just quartet, but um, that was a cool movie. It's cool. But I mean, I love the melodies in that score. I still remember it. I still listen to it. You know, oh, thank you. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> that was it was a really great movie too. Yeah, yeah. So you're three seasons into Revenge now. Um, yep. How has the music evolved over the seasons? And do you approach the show like one episode at a time? Or do you kind of try to create big, long season arcs? Do you kind of have a, the information to uh, do that? Well, you know, my idea when I started doing the show was always to score it as though it was one giant 22-hour movie, you know, right. for, a, for a season. But that becomes a little impractical for a few reasons. One you know, you don't see the whole movie in 22 hours. You see, you know, I, or at least I see an hour at a time and I get very little time to score each episode. So right, it's right. it's kind of thrown at me and then you just have to go. Uh, but but in, in the practical sense, you know, you can sort of, as soon as you figure out a theme for somebody, you know, I do get, I do read ahead a little bit in the scripts to see what each character is going to be doing. If they become a major character and sort of warrant having some sort of a thematic thing happening in the in the series then mm -hmm. it's worth developing something and and um you know i know they're not going to get killed off the following week or something okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes that can be fun to throw a red herring out you know yeah 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 um and i think the only reason the score ever expands and contracts is because the story does the same so yeah. you know the story this season got pretty big and then started getting narrowed down very quickly towards the end and I, I have a feeling next season it's going to be very streamlined so you know I, really I just follow what the story does and and if the story gets bigger so does the so does the score because it, it sort of has to follow what's going on mm -hmm. and you score with a you know you mentioned a big orchestra every week yeah. and I know television scheduling is incredibly hectic especially on a network show that's you know 22 yeah. episodes uh, long every season uh how long do you have to put everything together from start to finish for each episode uh on a good week i have you know if i'm lucky and this is rare i would get you know maybe eight days nine days but that that's wow. rare most of the time i get more like five days maybe a week and when it gets really rough like it did with the finale or the in, inevitably it's the big episodes that i have less time for because yeah. They have to spend so much time on visual effects and and cutting, you know, so many fine plot points together that inevitably I get no time to do those. So so I've had to do a few episodes in three days, which was pretty rough. Wow! I, I did the the big boat episode, uh, you know, two fourteen, which was incredibly fun to do because you got to do that whole SOS yeah, motif yeah. <laughs> and all of that stuff. But 
but that I had to do in three days. And then the finale, in fact, the finale in the episode, you know, the two-hour finale in the episode before that, so the last three episodes all scored in the same week. Wow. Um, so the last week was a bit of a killer, but, but, um, how much sleep do you, do you get? How late are you in the studio? Oh, I, I don't sleep. Kai. I don't <laughs> sleep. You pick the wrong profession. If you're planning a sleep to be a film composer, you can, you can sleep when you're dead. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Just hopefully not anytime soon. Right. Right. No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> so, uh, so shameless of course is on a completely different spectrum and that kind of deals with a very dysfunctional family, uh, and, you know, just kind of looking at your personal life has become, and you've become a father recently, right? Yeah. So has that, uh, I mean, that clearly changes your view and priorities and dynamics and all that on, on life and your personal life. Does that reflect to your approach as a storyteller? Maybe not just with Shameless, but just looking at things differently? Do you? I think it does in general. You know, f the funny thing is I remember having a um, conversation a couple of years back with, um, with actually with my principal viola player um, uh, about, being a dad and he's got two kids and, you know, saying, um, you know, I don't know, I, you know, I, I don't know how to approach this thing. And he said, you know, it makes me a better musician. Yeah. And I said, way to sell it to me, man. That's pretty <laughs> sneaky. I like that. That's very good. <laughs> um, basically I think it, to me, it's not like it, it directly affects the way I tell stories or, or, right, right. or, um, you know, write music. I, I think, um, what it does is it, it makes it incredibly hard for me to watch um, things that I was much less sensitive to mm -hmm. in films before. I can't ever watch anything with kids getting hurt or anything. I can't. I just right. can't deal with it. So um, I find that stuff much harder to, to deal with. But, you know, if you're scoring a film when something like that's going on, you have to watch it. And I think it makes you more sensitive to what you're going to write. So in, maybe that's what he meant. You know, in that sense, mm -hmm. I think it does make you a better writer and a better musician because everything about being a composer and certainly everything about being a film composer is about feeling. Absolutely, um, yeah. It's about watching what's happening and, and about how it makes you feel and how you want the audience to feel. And the more sensitive you can be to that, the better it's going to be. So, so in that sense, it's actually helped. Well, that's cool. I mean, it, gives, it adds more to your, I guess, repertoire of stuff you can draw from <laughs> yeah for sure i mean you know and it, the thing is it's the funny thing about being a film composer is you have very little time to live life because it's an all-consuming job mm -hmm. and you know at the end of the day you need to li live your life if you're going to write any kind of decent music you need experience to draw from right. um not just musical but you need something of yourself to put in there to have a voice right so you know all these, all these things help, man, and you know. <laughs> apparently, that's why we're here—not to score movies. We're here for, for that stuff. Right, absolutely. I'm just figuring that out. <laughs> <laughs> so, looking at uh, TV television dynamics, they're a bit different uh, than on a film, at least with the you know behind the scenes and the roles and everything. You're working with many directors and writers and producers. Uh, yeah. So, who do you collaborate the most with on a TV show? Who is helping you execute? Uh, that creative vision is it the showrunner is that really who you yeah. go to realistically on a tv show it's either the showrunner or you know they're sort of second in command and uh there tend to be executive producers and an associate producer that usually have something to do with it mm -hmm. um yeah i mean on a tv show you deal very little with directors uh unless you're doing something with 
for instance, a pilot with a big movie director. Revenge was a really good example of that. Working with Philip Noyce, right. um, I actually just did a pilot on CBS as well. They got picked up called Reckless, which uh, Catherine Hardwick directed. Mm-hmm. So, in those instances, I'm collaborating with the director a little more than I usually would on on right. TV. The rest of the time, it's pretty much the producers. You know, often the writer. Uh, if there's a writer producer who you know has a hand in how the show is run they often have something to do with it but other than that with something like revenge it's it's you know it's consistently the producers but i also get to know you know by now i've gotten to know the actors the directors the you know every the effect people everybody and it's sort of a big family affair um but really it's the same group of producers every week and it's the same with shameless you know um uh, the the other person that I often collaborate with is the music supervisor because where there has to be a seamless transition between uh, source music, needle drops, whatever, right. with score, you need to have that pretty tight. And the music editor is really important in that too. Yeah, of course. Um, on movies, it's the other way around. On movies, it's all about the dor- the director. Right, right. Um, so at at this time, you know, in your career, you're you're definitely deep in the world of television. Mm-hmm. Uh, are there any favorite TV shows of yours from the past that you grew up with, or even in the present, whose music really stands out to you that you love well, that inspires you? God, yes, uh, tons. I mean, if you know, for different reasons. I mean, you, you can't knock the sort of old school uh, Mike Post sort of eighties oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff. You know, where they write so many great themes. I mean, they were. It's funny because they they're so eighties and they're so uh, they're so TV, you know, like right. they but they're they're so great, you know, in their own ways because he, he he wrote such great melodies. Um, there's a lot of TV shows around now that I think are really pretty impressive. I think there's um, just the the level of you know with using live orchestras and and using a lot of movie composers too that right, yeah. that understand scoring that I think have taken out of TV out of a lot of TV shows the the kind of typical TV scoring the book ending scenes you know not really having any music during a scene but then having music to take you out of one scene into another and you get these sort mm-hmm. of 10 second cues that don't really do much other than kind of yeah. wallpaper the cracks um, that seems to be going away much more, I think, and, and you get much more interesting uh, scoring. I think um, some of what Bear McCreary does on Walking Dead is great. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, um, you, uh, God, trying to think. Now, of course, you've asked me, my mind's gone blank, but trying to. <laughs> oh, I tell you who I'm, who I think is really great. I think Nathan Barr is uh, is really talented. He he does some really great work on on uh, tr- not only True Blood, but there's a show he's doing now uh, called The Americans. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, have yeah, you yeah. watched that show? Oh, my I God. I have that not show seen is... the show, though, but my friend oh, is very into so it. So good. show is so good. I, I mm. you know, I've, of course, I've got tons of episodes to catch up on because I've been working, but right. <laughs> uh, but that show is awesome, and, and he, he does some really great stuff. Well, I mean, it's I think it's definitely changed just looking, and not just with uh, TV. I, just, I mean, I grew up, playing video games too and I've noticed that, that mm-hmm. across every medium now the scores are becoming more prevalent more prominent and since the technology is getting better right and it's and their music is needed more and more so I, I, and more cinematic I think it's, it's yeah yeah because I honestly think you know people have been striving for that in TV and in video games since the beginning and as especially in video games as the technology's gotten better as you said mm-hmm. and the animations become much better and the visuals have gotten much better. It requires really great sound to bring you into the reality of it. I mean, if you took 
uh, the Call of Duty games or one of, or you know, or even more if, if the battle the Battlefield series, um, you know, those games, the sound design on those is so good. Oh yeah. If you took the sound out, you know, you still left with the graphics still aren't there to the point where you could just watch it like you would a movie and you know, it looks really realistic. The sound really has to put you in the space. Absolutely. Uh, and I think the same goes for the music. Well, uh, I'm out of questions for you now, but... Uh, there you go. I've never seen you at a loss for words before. <laughs> well, we've been talking so much recently. <laughs> but uh, you, you've, uh, thank you so much, uh, Eisler. It's, it's always a pleasure. a pleasure to chat with you. And uh, I just love talking with you and picking your brain. So we can definitely do this again Sounds sometime good to me. soon. <laughs> All right, man. Take it easy.